We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Here's a question to start off with today. Um, Has anyone taught you something that has made a big difference in your life? Maybe you were doing something a certain way before, and then um, someone came along and went, oh, did you know you can do that a whole lot better? And they taught you how to do it, and you went, ah, what a difference that makes. So I'll I'll, I'll tell you one of my stories is um, when we moved up to Christchurch, we hadn't renovated a house much before, but hey, I'd watched the programs and it looked pretty easy. So um, I thought we can do this. So I uh, ripped out a bathroom and thought we can, we can, we, I can do this. No worries, you know. I, I learned a few things since then. Um, and the way I learned was because of some friends quite helpfully came along and helped me. Because uh, one day we'd, I'd taken out this wall and I had to patch it up, bought a sheet of jib board from Mitre 10 or whatever, had it laid out on the deck, and I was cutting it with a handsaw. Now, for the guys out there who are, no, I, I won't be sexist, for the people out there that, that do DIY, you're probably going, oh my God, rolling your eyes. And so um, Alistair, a friend of mine, came along and he was watching what I was doing and he's going, what are you doing? And I went, yeah, I can't get the line straight and it breaks on me and it's so hard. And then he just picked up the jib board, got a knife, went, um, you know, snapped it off, went, there you go. And I went, oh, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) That is so much easier, you know. And so I learned that, hey, especially when it comes to DIY, watch the experts now. So whenever a builder comes around to my house now, I'm kind of always lurking in the background going, okay, how do you do do that, you know? Because you might as well do things right. Isn't that right? Now, the same comes with prayer. We, it's understandable that we approach prayer as new believers, or even you don't need to be a believer to pray, and we approach prayer a certain way because we think, well, prayer's asking God for stuff, right? You know, that's, that's, that's what prayer is. And then as you're exposed to the way other people pray, or actually, even better, the way Jesus prayed and what the Bible says about prayer, you're going, Oh, okay, that's how you pray. And it makes a difference. And so that's what we're looking at in this series is how we pray, and in particular, how we pray in a way that changes us, changes the world around us, and it's powerful and effective. And a couple of weeks ago, we started with the the concept of surrender, that we need to actually give up our thinking of doing something a certain way to take on God's way of thinking. We need to let go of our agenda and take on God's agenda. Uh, my, my dad was um, an engineer. He was very skilled uh, tradesman. And I remember as a young child um, picking up the hammer and trying to hammer in a nail. And um, like most kids when they're, when they're little, you haven't got that much strength in your wrist, and you tend to hold the hammer right up by the, the head of the hammer, and you're kind of like tapping the top of the nail, and, and of course, nothing's happening, I'm hitting the nail, but the nail isn't going in, and, and my dad kind of graciously comes along and goes, so do you want to actually learn how to do that properly, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no I'm, I'm good, you know, I was pretty stubborn even, even as a child, and, uh, but eventually, 
he goes, well, can I just show you how I would do it? And, oh, yeah, okay. And he kind of swings a hammer twice, and the snail goes in, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, okay, maybe I've got something to learn here, you know. He says, if you hold it down, use the weight of the hammer, use the leverage. Oh, okay. But I had to let go of my way of doing it to adopt my father's way of doing it. And it's the same thing in prayer. It's the same thing as we approach God. Prayer isn't getting our way. It's discovering God's way. And that's, that's the first approach to prayer, is one of humility, one of discovery, one of revelation. God, who are you and what are you revealing? Which leads to what John T. covered last week, is that we need to make the, give God the time and the attention or the, the space and his attention, uh, our attention to him, so that we're in a posture of listening. Where we're actually going, okay, God, what are you revealing? Because God will speak to you. If you give God the space, he will speak to you. He will guide you. One of the um, uh, most intriguing accounts of the Israelites as they go into the promised land is when they cross over the Jordan and uh, God tells them how to take Jericho, which was a large fortified city at the time. And remember that God gives them very specific instructions of how to do this. You know, for one week they're to walk around the walls and not, not engage in battle or anything like that. And then at the end of the week they're to walk around seven times and then on the seventh time to let out a shout and all that sort of thing. The walls were. And that's exactly what happens. They listened and they obeyed. And that's what happened. Jericho fell to the Israelites. Now, the Israelites, now that, that's intriguing. But what happens in the very next uh, couple of days is the Israelites think, well, that was easy enough. That's awesome. You know, we partnered with God. We heard from him. We took Jericho. Oh, there's that little town up on the hill called Ai. I oh, will take that. No trouble. Um, they went up there. They didn't listen. They didn't give God space. And Ai routed them. They didn't even, you know, they couldn't even take this small town after defeating a city. Why? Because they didn't take the time to listen. And it reminds us that uh, this surrender, this posture of surrender and prayer, of coming to God to discover his will, to hear from him, isn't a one-off thing. It's an everyday occurrence. It's something that we need to do every day, right? Are we, are we cool with that? Some agreement out there? That, that every day we come to God and say, God, I want to know your way. I want to walk in your will today. So we've looked at surrender, and we've looked at revelation. Okay, let's look at the next one. Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to read in the NIV this morning. It will come up on the screen. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, in other words, listen carefully. This is important. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you, for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. 
And it actually backs up the scripture Anna just shared before from John 14, where um, we heard that God's Spirit is poured out. And when we pray in unison with God's Spirit and in the name of Jesus, God will act. So it's not, so what we see here is that coming to God in prayer isn't just going, hey God, can I have a bunch of this stuff? Can you do this and this for me? But it's actually coming in agreement with God, agreement with each other. It's binding things in heaven to things that are happening on earth. What, what is going on here? What is Jesus explaining? What's the principle that we can gain here from what Jesus is talking about? Well, what we see is that it's not just the power of agreeing with each other. Like, that's cool, that's important. But how much more powerful is it when we agree with God? You think of all the examples throughout um, biblical history. Uh, You can see Abraham who surrenders his life to God. God says, go out of Ur and go towards uh, what we now know of Israel. So, you know, and he, he obeys. He hears from God, does the surrender thing, does the listening thing, and he goes. But he has to agree with God. God says, you're going to be the father of a great nation. But he needs Abraham to agree with what he said. Does that make sense? Otherwise, he's not going to adjust his life accordingly. Another example is Jeremiah. God comes to Jeremiah, the prophet, and says, you're going to be a great prophet. And Jeremiah's going, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Um, yeah, uh, can, can we kind of, are you sure you got the right person? Moses was, was the same. Esther, there's, there's countless examples of this. Gideon, you can think of numerous examples in the Old Testament. And, and we're probably a little bit the same. When God calls us to something, we go, ah, uh, hang on, God, have you got the right person? Are you sure about this? And what God does is he just keeps working away on us until he gets our agreement. Why? Because there is a real power, there's a spiritual principle that we need to learn here, that agreeing with God in prayer is powerful. When we've heard from him, when he's said something to us, he needs our wholehearted commitment to what he has revealed. Then ministry is released. Then God's power is released. Then we can partner with him in doing what he wants to do in the world. But until we, he gets that agreement, God just waits and he goes, okay, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it in spite of you. I'm not, I want you to come with me, but I need your agreement on this. And the other word that might be familiar to us in regard to this is covenant. God makes a covenant relationship with us where he goes, okay, you know, you're, I'm doing, I'm going to do this. You're agreeing that we're going to do this. Now we covenant ourselves together. What does that mean? That means that we bind ourselves or what God has bound his character to fulfilling that agreement that he's made with you. He won't drop the ball. He will do what he said he will do. The most... Um, Probably the similar example of a covenant that we have or we might be familiar with would be marriage. Uh, Danella and Tobias are going to get married in a few weeks and they're going to stand and say these vows to each other where they, they commit their lives to each other um, and, and say for 
richer for poorer and sickness and in health and all those sort of things. What are they doing? They're making a covenant together, an agreement. They're agreeing together as to what it will look like. And there is a power in that. There is a foundation that's built that you can build on from there. That's what Jesus is saying in these verses, is that what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. When you come to agreement with God, powerful things happen. When you agree with each other as to the purposes of God, powerful things happen. This is a really important principle. Here's another example of it, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, we are his people, who are called by my name, will ourselves, there's the humility, and pray and seek my face, there's the revelation, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. In other words, God does things. God does powerful things when we are in agreement with his will and purposes. It's exciting. It's powerful. Now, it's not easy. You know, if you imagine if you're Noah and his family and, um, you know, God says to you, build an ark, a really, really big boat, like, you know, this gym-sized boat. And no one's built a boat like that before. And you go, everyone's laughing at you and going, what the heck are you doing? And all that sort of thing. And you go, no, God told me to do this. I've, I've got an agreement with God. I'm in covenant with him. And, and that's a hard place to stand sometimes. But there is a power in it. God is the one who delivered him. He got, he received the blessing of that. He didn't receive the judgment of God that other people received. Our, here's the principle. Our commitments and agreements release, with God release blessings from heaven. But the opposite is also true. Can I also warn you of that? That that same spiritual principle works if we agree with the devil. If we agree with hell, then bondages are released from hell. I see this played out in people's lives. I see this played out even in churches. And it, it's, it's amazing. If you, if you look through history, how powerful. Um, I think one of the, the, the saddest um, marks on the church down through history is uh, when theologians started to develop a very liberal theology, they didn't accept the Bible as, as true as what it says it is, and they started to decide for themselves what their theology would be and have led, you know, that, that just started as a small group of, of people in colleges and universities going, hey, we could think very differently about the Bible, and then it started to infiltrate out. And you've got this... Now, strong liberal agenda throughout churches um, right across the world. And if you look at those churches, I, I don't, I don't criticise churches very much, but you know, the, he, this is one of the few exceptions, is that when you look at a, a church that doesn't take seriously what the Bible says and agrees with it, and goes the other way and says, well, we'll, we'll do what we want to do, We'll make up our own theology. You're, they're agreeing with Satan. They're not agreeing with God. And the consequences are devastating. The churches are weak. They're ineffective. People aren't getting saved. Lives aren't being changed. 
But there's, there's no surprises to me there because God says what you bind yourself to, in this regard, you're thinking about God, what you bind yourself to in regard to your thinking about God matters. It either releases blessing from heaven or curses from hell. So be careful in how you think right about God and how you speak of him. It matters. That's what Jesus is saying here. How you, what you bind yourself to, the agreements that you make, it will either set you free and bring you freedom or lead you into bondage. As, as a pastoral team, we see this in people's lives all the time. And so let me, let me kind of bring it down to a personal level. When people repent of their sin, they turn from going their own way and choose God. They experience freedom. And many of you here would be um, in that situation where you've turned to Christ and you've experienced forgiveness of sin, right? And there's, there's a freedom that's come with that. What did you do? What literally happened is you bound yourself to Christ and what he did on the cross. That's what salvation is. And when you made that agreement with what God did on the cross for you, see, you made an agreement you made a covenant with God, God's blessing of forgiveness of sin and of freedom and a relationship with him was released to you. Do you, see, do you see how it works? You make an agreement, the right agreement with God, and the truth comes and the truth sets you free, right? Good things happen. You bound yourself to something in heaven. The word of God says that literally it's recorded in heaven. Your name, if you've given your life to Christ, is literally written in a book in heaven. So it matters. That commitment that you made, it might have been in your bed one night or at an altar at a church or, where, or with a friend in a cafe. It doesn't matter. But the moment that you made that commitment, heaven released blessing on your life and that commitment that you're made is now recorded in heaven for eternity. See, see how it, it connects. But the equal and opposite is also true. I have seen people make, and you would know of people around your life, because, hey, no, I know none of you are in this situation, but you, it's probably easier to see it in other people's lives, where you, you choose destructive thought patterns. And you become addicted to things that you shouldn't be addicted to. Why? Because you believed a lie. And you're trapped in a sin. You're trapped in a place where you know isn't good. And you go, why does this have such a power over me? Why am I so bound to this thing? It's because you made an agree. You made a deal with the devil. I know that sounds, you know, putting it, you know, pretty straight, but that's that's what you did. You bound yourself to what you agreed with Satan, and because you did that, he now has an influence in that part of your life. Maybe not in every part of your life, but in that way of your your thinking and your thought life. And it's often around our identity and our purpose and kind of some of those deep things. It becomes a bondage, and it leads a life into destructive patterns. And other people around us go, what are you doing? Like, why are you throwing your life away? But it's because of the agreements that you've made spiritually. That's why Jesus said, you know, be careful the vows that you make. Your vows matter. The commitments that you make to people. The things that you sign. 
but also not only the things that you do physically, agreements and covenants and things like that, but also what you do in your heart. You know, when, when you're tempted or when you're, um, you, you slowly get lured into this, this negative way of thinking and you start agreeing with that, it give, there is a power. Satan attaches himself to, to that and goes, oh, you want to bind yourself to that? Great, I'll use that. I'll use that foothold in your life. But that can be broken. Christ can set you free of that, but you have to disagree with what you've previously agreed and agree with the truth that will set you free. You have to let go of one to receive the other. There's no middle ground on this. Now, here's, a, here's another note. What I'm talking about here is not doing deals with God. Okay, I'm not talking about that. You know, there is no power and agreement outside of relationship. You know, like, you can't just sort of get together two or three people and say, hey, we agree to win lotto, okay, next week. Hey, we're all going to win lotto, okay, and then we'll just share it all out. So we're all in agreement, we're, we're good, you know, it's all good, right? So, no, 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 it doesn't quite work like that. This, and this is the reason that we've done this message third in the series so that you get the surrender, you get the revelation. We're not agreeing with just our ideas and what we think is a good idea. We're agreeing with what God has revealed, right? So there is, there is power and agreement in the context of our relationship with God. See, as we do these things, our lives are changed. Surrender kills selfishness in you. Listening kills our pride. And agreement kills our independence. And to be honest, we're all a bit selfish, we're all a bit proud, and we're all a bit independent. We all, a little bit are like kids going, I can do this and I'll do it my way. And God's going, no, it's about my purposes and my kingdom coming and you coming into that kingdom. And when you get that, when you surrender to that, when that's revealed to you, and especially when you agree with it, you will see amazing things happen. As we heard before from Anna um, in John 14, God will do things. He'll do amazing things as we pray to him. In um, verse 19 and, and Matthew 18, we, we, we read that it will be done. God will do things. And Jesus modeled this. Jesus modeled a life where he was surrendered to God, where he heard from God, and he agreed with what God revealed for him to do. Now, sometimes it was even hard for him, as we looked at a couple of weeks ago, like in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he, he was wrestling with coming into agreement with God. But as he did, the power of God was released. And it's okay. It's okay for God to reveal something to you, and you go, oh, can I do this? Like a God, I'm not saying no, but just give me a bit of time to process that. That's okay. That's all right. He would rather you take some time to process it and come into agreement than just kind of be kind of wishy-washy, you know, kind of, oh, uh, pretend agreement. Uh, yeah, I'm saying yes, but I'm really saying no. You know, that's, that, that, that's not cool. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. In John 17, we read how Jesus is, is praying a prayer at the end of his ministry. And um, I haven't got time to read through that whole chapter, but I encourage you to read it this week. 
And in John 17, effectively, Jesus summarizes the prayer with this. God, I have done what you've asked me to do. I've, I've done what we agreed that I would do. Imagine getting to the end of your life and praying a prayer like that, where you come before God and say, God, I live my life the way you called me to live it. I listened to you every day, and I did what you asked me to do. I tell you what, God asks nothing more of you than that. And you would live a powerful life. You would live a life where you see God moving in you and around you in very powerful ways. We have that. That's what Jesus is revealing here. So he's saying, be careful who you agree with. And the most important person to agree with is God. Now, the other principle in the scripture is that we are unified together. We agree together as to what God's purposes are. And can I say this, that, um, you know, we've, we're coming up, out of interest, we've been here almost five years as uh, St. Martin C3. In a few weeks, we would have, um, be, it will be our five-year anniversary here as St. Martin C3 location. And one of the, one of the blessings um, that I appreciate in this church is our unity. Is, is the agreement that's, that's in this congregation. Uh, it means that we can move forward together. We're not distracted by arguments and infighting and things like that, but we are locking in together and going, yes, this is what God has called us to do. Let's encourage each other and move forward together in that. That is a blessing. There is, a, there is tremendous power in that. God pours out his blessing on that. Psalm 133 says that where, where there is unity, God commands that blessing. And uh, as, as leaders in the, this church, we're pretty protective of that unity and that love and that, that mutual respect that exists here in this church. And we will work hard to maintain that. Why? Because we know that God's blessing is on that. So thank you. Uh, that, that's, not, that's not my doing. That's all of our doing to to be unified like that, to walk side by side in agreement. It's a very, very powerful thing. So as we draw this to a conclusion, here's a few things. Could I encourage you to, how do we make this practical? What does this look like in a real way? Well, one practical thing you can do today is come to the prayer meeting tonight. <laughs> there you go. Now, why? Because... Um, at those monthly, uh, particularly at those monthly prayer meetings, what we're doing as a church is listening to God and saying, God, what are you revealing? And then we are seeking to be in agreement together as to what God is revealing. I always take a pen and a notebook to those meetings to go, God, yeah, I, I just want to hear from you. And I know God will speak to various people in that meeting. And as we're listening to those prayers, as we're listening to what God is revealing, there's a like a, a pattern that emerges, there's insight that emerges, and we, we take note of that. We take it seriously because God speaks through community, and it's powerful when people come together in agreement around that. So that's one thing you can do is um, come, come and join us in prayer and be in agreement as to what God wants to do in our church. But I'd also 
like you to be challenged in your own heart today. Where are you in agreement with God? Now, I'm sure there are many areas of your life where you are in agreement with God. That is great, and you'll be seeing the blessing of that agreement, right? Yeah? Okay. But here's a harder question. Where are you not in agreement with God? Where can you see, when I was talking about those negative thought patterns or beliefs that you have adopted or struggles that you have where you, you're struggling because you're resisting coming into agreement with God. Where he's encouraging you in, but there's another voice. And you have a choice to make today. Which voice are you listening to? And allow God's Spirit to convict you of letting go that voice that is not of Him and adopting and agreeing with the voice of God. Because as you do, it will be powerful. As you do, blessing will be released on your life. Can we pray into that today? Cool. Let's stand and we'll pray. Lord God, I thank you that you want to release your kingdom, release your will, your love, your purposes, your, your grace, your truth in our lives and in the world around us. Lord, you so want to do that. And your eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth looking for those whose hearts are yours. And from the scripture that we've read, what we learn is what that looks like is those who are in agreement with you. Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would reveal any, any, any area of our lives. We were not in agreement with you. And Lord, I pray that you give us the courage willingness to lay that down this morning. Those fears, those thinking, that thought pattern about ourselves where we were not believing who you say we are. Lord, we lay that down today. And we take hold of the truth of who you say we are. We, take, we, we want to come into agreement with your purposes for our lives. We want to turn from our selfishness and come into all that you have for us. Lord, help us to not only be in agreement with you, but may we easily identify others who around us who are also in agreement with you. And as we agree together, as we, your children, stand in unity around our Father, who's full of grace, full of truth, full of power, full of purpose, Lord, may we see amazing things happen. May we see your power released. May we see the miracles that you want to do. Oh, Lord, I pray, release freedom in this place today.
Lord, individually and corporately. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.